It was definitely very difficult. What made it difficult? Because, I mean, that is longer than my marriage, right? This is a, a really deep relationship. Um, because you have seen things that are wrong, but you will always said, okay, at least I'm in the right church. My name is Aldo Martin, and this is the Reclamation Podcast. Hello, everyone. Today we have a uh, another guest who was a member of the ICOC. Um, Alejandra, how are you? Good. Happy to be in this podcast. Well, we're, ha we're happy to have you. We're happy to have you. Uh, when we met last week... When we met last week, you told me that you were born in South America, Bolivia? Yes, yes. And I found it very fascinating that when you came to America, how much English did you speak when you first came? Beginner level. Beginner level. What does that mean? Does that mean like little to nothing? A little bit more, but um, in, my, in the community college, there's four levels, 101 to 104 before you get into the college level English. Yeah. So I was in 101. Okay. So which is barely conversational English, right? Yes. And, and then, and then, and, and that was 18, 19 years old? Yeah. I was just turning 18. Mm-hmm. And you've spent the rest of your life learning English and met. Kudos to you because English is not easy to learn. No, thank you. Especially as an adult because I came to America when I was five and... Mm -hmm. I didn't have any English uh, background, but but I learned, right? But I learned English. So it's easier for a kid to, to, to learn that than right. it is for an adult. So congratulations to you, because now you get to tell us all about your ICOC experience. <laughs> so Alejandra, please tell us, what made you want to come on the program? I think to, um, to speak my truth, to be heard from my side. Um, instead of um, her from somebody else's, perhaps, that doesn't know the whole story or doesn't understand. So I think a giving someone a voice is powerful. And you and I came to, know any, came to know each other because your husband is a listener of the program. And, and I'm, sure yes. he, I'm sure he might have bothered you with the program and said, here, listen to this, listen to that. And maybe you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> But 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 shout out to him. Shout out to him for uh, for sharing his faith. <laughs> I mean, he loves your podcast. I mean, he will always share this or that. I have another friend um, yeah. who actually listens too. Oh, okay. Um, so she's excited to to hear this. Oh well, shout out to her. All right. Yes. yes. All right. All right. Okay. So. Let me let me ask you just some basic questions so that the audience could get an idea as to who you are. When when did you jo join the church, Alejandra? So I became an adult in this country, and three months later, after uh, praying, like most people praying for a church to go or to be guided, uh, because I do I do wanted to learn more about God and have a community. Um, so. I was going to my community college to my English classes yeah. and uh, I got invited um, uh, by someone that was also learning English. Can I ask uh, you, some, 
Can I just mm-hmm, clarify? Yes. So when when was this though? You said you were turning an adult. So was this 18, 19 years old? But what year is this? 
Um, so I was kind of like, you know, very in touch with the few little members of my family there. And I had another aunt too. Um, but I didn't have my own community, you know, that you grew up having between, I, I don't know, middle school to high school, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had kind of start over not only learning the language, but the culture in itself, which is completely different yeah. than where I come from. Um, and I felt like um, that's another reason I left. I felt like all my decisions were made somehow through this new system, through this, through, through the church. You know, I felt yeah. like I kind of lost my own autonomy, you know? Okay. You see, you're going, you're going a little fast for me there. You're going a little fast for me there because I wanted to help paint the picture for the audience that yes, please correct me if I'm wrong. If I say something incorrect, please correct me. But I'm getting the impression that you decided to leave the church in 2020, excuse mm-hmm. me, 2019. Mm-hmm. That was the only community that you knew from the life that you've created in America. Am I am I uh, too far in saying that? That is correct. Because, you know, on campus, that's when usually you make your friends for life, right? That's what they say always. You know, in college, you probably will meet your spouse. You probably will meet your friends for life. And um, our friends, our best friends, were always from the church. Yeah. You couldn't just build up friends. Like you could have other friends, but know your best friends, you know, mm-hmm. know the ones that you hang out. Um, so we, not only for me, but my husband now, we, our community, our our peers were from the church. Understood. Understood. Thank you for, for clarifying that. You, 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 you sent me a message. You sent <laughs> me a message before. And I wanted to talk about that message. And I'm about to do something on this program that I have not done. I have never done on this program. I'm going to reach into my bookcase. Hold on one second. And I'm taking out my Bible. (laughs) This is the same Bible that I used way back then. This is what I used to say. Matter of fact, if you look, there's I still got notes. I I still got people's phone numbers that I reached out to. I got the studies right here. There goes the uh, the kingdom study. Do you see that? Here we go. So wow, you, that is <laughs> so proof. Nobody else could see that, but you can. So you're my witness. You're my witness to let the people know that we have this. And I want to go to a scripture. I can't believe I'm mm-hmm. going to a scripture. For the audience, I'm sorry. Trigger warning. I'm very sorry, but I'm going to a scripture. I can't believe this. And it's a scripture that we all know. It's a scripture that we all know. I want to go to the book of Acts. Let's see if I remember where that is. It's right after John. And mm-hmm. it is Acts 17, verse 11. Mm. Acts 17, verse 11. And you know what? I cannot believe that I used to read this because the print is really small. I must have had really good eyes when I was 20 years old. This is okay. Anyway, <laughs> 1711. Mm-hmm. Acts 17, verse 11 says, Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. Mm. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Mm -hmm. Now, 
for those of us out there who were members of the church, if you remember that study, excuse me, that scripture, that was a scripture that we used at the end of the word study. Yes. That was the scripture that we would say, hey, we've taught you all this, Mm -hmm. but don't take my word for it. You need to go back and do your homework. Yes, do your homework. (laughs) That's right. And do your own research and be a Berean. Maybe I'm not saying the truth, right? They will say that. Right, 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 right. Hey, don't take my word for it. I'm just a guy. I'm just a sinner. (laughs) Now, Alejandra, you were telling me that you went and were looking in the scriptures and you were finding some things that, that, um... I'm not going to say they were wrong or they were, they just made you curious and and Mm -hmm. made you want to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Please tell us about that. Please tell (laughs) us about that. Hang tight. We'll be right back. How do you feel about music? I love music. How do you feel about 80s music? 80s music is my jam. Well, what do you think about a podcast about 80s music? I think that's a great idea. I'm Aldo. And I'm Elena. Join us on the Jammin' on the One podcast. As we discuss, listen to, and reminisce about our favorite songs from the 80s and beyond. Um... So the first one was uh, in the summer around this time in 2019. Yeah. Um, my husband and his mom were asked to share communion that uh, a Sunday. And that Saturday, my husband and I went to the movies. I guess we had a date because it was just us. You know, I've never yeah. seen Aladdin, by the way. No? None of them. None of them. I've oh. never. I just, I just. I'm Look, yo. Alejandra just 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 put both of her hands to her face like she couldn't believe it. She yeah. just couldn't believe it. As if I hit a puppy. She just couldn't believe it. But go on, please. So we went to see the human version, which is with Will Smith and other actors. Okay. So so that summer came out that movie. We watching and at the end of the credits, you know, we we love to stay until the end of the credits so in the meantime i was looking at my phone and i saw the email because we have a joint email yeah we saw the email from the fee the wife of the leader saying thank you for sharing communion tomorrow here are the requirements so you follow along right and as i was reading them one part said just make sure you are the one who call into prayer to the church even if your mom is the one sharing or, or even is any woman is sharing. Okay. Um, and that caught my eye because there was also reference of a scripture. Um, that caught my eye because just the movie that I just watched was about women needs to be silent. And the princess is in Aladdin. She becomes Sultan because his dad changed the law. So she doesn't have to be married to become sold. Um, so I was, so the song Speechless comes out, which is part of the movie, which is about being silent. And that brought me to First Timothy 
where it says women should be silent or should wear jewelry or decor your hair and all that. And I was thinking, we do those things. We do wear jewelry at church. We do uh, fix our hair. But they do want us to be silent. So they pick and choose which ones we follow or not. I, I'm just, I just need some clarity here. I just need some clarity. Yeah. So, so your husband and his mom, who was also a disciple, I'm guessing, or a member of the church, um, they were going to lead the church in prayer or communion message or whatever it was. They were going to share with the church the following day. Yes, communion. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were going to do communion. And, um, and before, the day before, uh, your husband received an email from uh, the leadership of the church, giving him the guidelines for uh, for doing this, saying, hey, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. And one of the things that they said in the email, please correct me if I'm wrong, was um, make sure you're the one leading it. Like, even if your mom says something, make sure that you're the one, the man, you're the one who is, uh, uh, I don't know leads this moment, this moment of speaking. Yes, call make sure you're the one who calls the church to prayer. Okay. Okay. So let us pray. Make sure that's uttered by the man and not the woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's correct. And 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 I think you mentioned that in the email when they when when that part was written, it was also substantiated with a scripture. Like a mm-hmm. scripture that said we're going to do this because the book of such and such says to do this, right? So yeah. it was it was yeah. based off of a scripture. It wasn't a rule that the church made. It was based off of a scripture. And that bothered you because somewhere else in the Bible, you noticed that it said women make sure to keep your heads covered or something like that? Yeah. Yes. Your, your hair's covered. No, don't wear jewelry. Mm. And, be and silent. Be silent. And we don't... And we don't do that in the church because the women did not look like that at all. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that bothered you because it seemed as if they were picking and choosing? Am I am I on the right path here? Yes. It, I felt like, okay, you, we, we can... You know, or you know, we can make our hair, we can wear, wear makeup, jewelry, all those things, but we have to be silent in moments like this. The communion it bothered me that my mother-in-law cannot be the one calling the church for a prayer. Okay. Uh, or any woman, for that matter. Um, and also, it bothered me now that I have a daughter that mm. um, that in our home will not be equal and not just because of me i just know the jesus in the scripture he made he, he came to change that he came to change the equality of female because he made us equal male and female okay so so that's the moment where like all i can say is that flip in my brain that day and i was like i want to search this Okay, so you searched it. What did you find? Well, I told at first um, my husband wanted to read more about it before he talks to other people. So he did. He was, I mean, he read extensively. Um, and then I talked to one of my best friends who was living in Texas at that time. 
And she said, oh, I actually, someone from the text from Dallas this summer just share about the roles of female and male. Let me, so she sent me the link of those lessons. And it was exactly what I was talking about. Like, okay. like he agreed with what I was saying. Okay. And when we, so when my husband read those things, read things from Doug Jacoby as well, and they're all agree. Um, he went to the main leader and, it, you know, he wanted to have a conversation, but but that was not happening. So you, your husband found some stuff, found some material and, and shared it with you. And it seemed to validate what it is that you were thinking. Yes. yes. What, did that, what did that feeling of validation feel like for you? What was that like for you to see that? It was encouraging because it wasn't like it was an emotional reaction. You know, I I just felt it in my heart that Jesus, the Jesus that I know will not put women as a second place. Mm. I think like that position was of the fall of men and women, but not of him putting, you know, men okay. first, like so many of the scriptures and Ephesians where it says, you know, men is the head of the household or any of those, um, it's easy to just pick and choose the scripture mm-hmm. when it actually, if you see the whole context, right? Read with a context. It's not that way. Mm. I um, understand. Yeah. And I even sharing with someone who, who worked for the church, who's been there, you know, more than me, maybe 30 years. Um, she didn't disagree. She did not. She said the only, you know, Doug Jacoby used to talk about this and he was against this too. He agrees with you. But this church, Montgomery County, will not change because it has Southern style of leading the church. Like it will not change. I'm sorry. Did you say Southern style? Yes, yeah, Southern style of doing you mean, church. You mean like, I don't you know mean what like, that means. You mean like Southern traditions? Of yes, like the American like the, like the American South? Is that what you mean? That's what she said. Oh, so it was based off of a man-made tradition. Exactly right. Let me let me ask you something else, though. Why do you think... So you you mentioned that your husband brought it to the leadership. Yeah. Did I hear that? Yeah. And you said it was not received well? No. He said, I don't know in what lines, but kind of like we're busy with other things <laughs> to sit down and pay attention to this. Oh, oh, I have to read more, you know? I, so there's like other thing, other matters more important than this subject. What did you think of that response? Of course, I didn't like that. I, I, didn't, I didn't want my kids, uh, my son and my daughter to grow up in a church where they think otherwise. You know, how, at, the, at the time, how old were your children? Uh, my son probably... Okay, he's turning nine, I can't believe. So maybe he was seven, mm-hmm. and my daughter four. So I don't, I don't know if you ever, I have another question for you. I don't know if this is, uh, if you ever thought of it this way. Do you think that you would have felt otherwise, or do you think that this might not have bothered you so much if you did not have a daughter or did not have kids? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, maybe not. You know, because, oh, go on. No, no, go, please. Be- because my husband always treats me equally, despite of what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I don't think I would have felt this strong. The reason I ask that is because it's really interesting how we see the world one way when we don't have children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then then we see the world another way when we do have children. Yes. And now, and your daughter was only four years old at the time. So she's not a church member, although she was most likely going to children's ministry, but she wasn't a church (laughs) member. And, And we have these thoughts of, well, if this isn't good enough for my children, then I don't want it, you know? Yes. And, and, and I think that's a really interesting thing because I'm now 45 years old, and mm-hmm. I remember people leaving the church back then, you know, when I was in my 20s. People left all the time. And I remember a lot of times I would sit in judgment of them. Mm, yes, absolutely. I would sit in judgment of them. And they may have been older than me and had different life experiences, but my mind frame was very limited. Mm-hmm. My experience was very limited. It was very single-sided. And I just thought, oh, you're not committed enough. Right, right. That's why you're leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're scared. Not even thinking that this person just sees the world differently from me. Yes. And here, and here yes. I am now at 45 and... I, I don't I don't think well, for what it's worth, for anyone that I've ever thought that way to when I was in my twenties, mm-hmm. I sincerely I sincerely apologize. Please yes. forgive me based off of my my ignorance and arrogance. But anyway, anyway yes. off yes. of that. Off that, off that. Yeah. <laughs> Back to you though. Back to you. Yeah. So you you've spoken to me about women being quiet in the church, right? Mm-hmm. And you've also discussed there were parts of the Bible where it says women needed to be modest, and these things were not really um, um, uh, followed, right? We discussed that. Mm-hmm. But, so, but why why wouldn't this be good enough for your daughter, though? Why, why mm-hmm. did it bother you? Why, why wouldn't it be good enough for your daughter? Well, one is that in the household, in your house, whenever she one day will be married and have a family, I want that her voice is as equal as her husband's voice. Know where she can have a voice, but at the end of the day, the husband makes the decision. Um, Just like with this topic, uh, after that, I made a decision in my mind, okay, my kids are not going to go to this church anymore. Mm. I'm gone. So thankfully... My husband agreed with me because he did put the work. He did put the work of reading tons of information of this from members from this church and other Christians from other churches. So thankfully, he agreed with me. But I, let's pretend a scenario that he didn't. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't I wouldn't want my kids to go to that church regardless. Just for you, as Alejandra, as an individual, what would you say your personality is like in a few words? What would you describe yourself as? Are you an outgoing person? Are you an inward person? What are we talking about? I'm definitely outgoing and I love to speak up. Okay. Always. I'm the kind of person that I haven't stepped once to Walmart, to a Walmart store, because I'm against how they pay 
their employees. Oh, okay. You're that lady. Yeah. I, like, okay. I speak up like that. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Something's not right. I'm going to call Alejandra. That's what it is. All right, people out there, if there's something, if there's an injustice happening in your neighborhood and you need somebody <laughs> to speak up, contact Alejandra and she will get on it. Okay. Do you think that your personality fit in with the church? No. Please explain. I I'm not the type of person where you can tell her what to do. Okay. Um, like I'm the type of person that I'm very creative. Like I come up with ideas, plans uh, on my own. Okay. I like to share with it. Okay. But I like to be the one that creates things. Okay. Now let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. I don't know if you have an answer for this yet. So you're an independent type of person. We were in this church for, we were in this, we weren't in the same uh, location, but we were in the same church. You were in it for 20 years though. How did, how did you reconcile that? Like, how did, how did you make that work? Did you always feel that way or is this something recent? Well, when I was, you know, campus and singles ministry, I was in both ministries a long time. So I was a good amount of time in the campus, a good amount of time in the singles. I was one of those people that just got married out of campus. Okay. Um, so in both ministries, I was able to lead Bible talks. It, okay. I had kind of, quote unquote, my freedom to do what I wanted to do. You know, no one was they're babysitting me okay per se okay so you had a positive experience right but with what i know now i still know that the decisions that i made were based on the church system can you please explain for example um who you date who you marry uh where you're gonna work where you're gonna live all those things somehow it has to be related to the church. You know, you're a Bible leader. You better make decisions related to that. And also, um, I just feel like before you're in the marriage ministry, you don't know a lot of things that happens in the marriage ministry. Nobody tells you. No, no. You know what? Good point. Good point. As a as a campus student, as a as a single person in the church, the marriage ministry is a big secret. Yeah, absolutely. It, how how was it different from when you went from one to the other? How how was it different? I mean, and first of all, I live in two households of married couples. Okay. I and I still didn't know what it oh, how it is. It's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret. Secret society. Yes, it, it truly is. Um and it's just so much pressure. Pressure? It's a lot of pressure in making sure that the marriage ministry um, is there to be an example for the youth, right? Okay. To make sure you may meet all the meetings, mm. um, to make sure um, your example for the women who are younger than you. Um, and also the pressure of, once you, you have a family that to add a, to add that pressure on your kids, you know, we have to be at this medweek. Mm. I mean, I was so against medweeks. I feel 
Like there's nothing you can do in my life now forever be on a Wednesday evening in any meeting. I mean, that is dinner time, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's dinner <laughs> time, it's be- bedtime, it's all that. Yes, it's bath time. And one of the suggestions of a mother is, oh, well, I bring my kids on, P- on with their PJs already. <laughs> you know, because midweeks at 7 to 9, right? Or 8.30, by the time you get home, let's say 7 to 9. Um and just I, I just I just thought it was an interruption to your family time. Mm. And I saw that for my family and I saw that for so many other families, mothers that are so tired, exhausted. Well, what would happen full time? What would happen if people objected to that? Well, one person said to me, um, you know, it's only once a week. That's the solution. Um, another person who, you know, again, I'm advocating for people. I saw uh, my uh, someone from my Bible told their daughter will cry so loud. Um, and I said, what's wrong with her? You know, she was in the same age as my daughter or in the same classroom. And she said, well, she hasn't seen me for about two days. And I said, what? Well, I leave early to go to work. Then after work, I go to Bible studies or in this case, Madwick. So she doesn't get to see me. And I and I thought that, well, that's wrong. So I go to my Bible talk leader to tell her that is so sad that she doesn't get to see her daughter. And she said, well, again, this is the person who said, it's only once a week. Well, Alejandro, let me ask you something. I, I spoke with someone who said that the church is is not a cult. Instead, the church is a high commitment church. Yeah. And it sounds as if, it sounds as if midweek is part of that commitment. Whether you have kids or not is part of that high commitment. Yeah. What do you, what do you say to such a statement? I just feel like, you know, church is supposed to be a safe place, right? Where you can be your authentic self, where you can be comfortable to talk the hard questions, the hard topics. But it's not. Instead, you are intimidated to even raise your opinion that is not in their pattern, you know, in their system. Like, like it's not encouraged for families to say, you know, this is what works for my family. So I won't be in any midweek for the until my kids, I don't know, they're in high school. You could never say that. What would what would happen if you, if one was to, was to say that? I'm not committed. I'm not a spiritual. I may not even get to heaven. Um, and I and I just feel like um, that was another blocking step for me to okay. Do I want to stay here? Yeah. You know, I was just so ex- exhausted. You know, with the meetings, with the commitment, with not being uh, listened to um it just being um, just being a mother of a baby and a toddler is already exhausting i mean you it don't is. have to say nothing else right yeah but with this church it's like a full-time job on top of your full-time job being a mom you you just don't see any way any lead way like you like like it's, it's like they teach you to be deceitful because if you get sick, that's the only way you're out of a meeting. You're out of going to church. 
you really have to get sick. Otherwise, you just have to pretend that you want to be there. You know, you can't say, no, I, I'm not going to be there. It just doesn't work for me today. Hmm. And and it's it's just sad that um, you cannot be yourself. You cannot just be you, you know? Yeah. So then when you left the church, and, mm -hmm. and I think throughout our conversation, you've been giving us different bits of information in small doses of the overall reasons for why you left. Mm -hmm. And... And it it wasn't an easy decision for sure, but mm -hmm. yeah, I would love I would love your opinion on this. I I call the church a cult, and again, mm -hmm. I didn't come to that conclusion until about ten years after leaving, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe nine years after leaving, whatever it is. One day I got to figure out what the, what those years were. Everyone that's come on this program, at least most of the people that have come on this program, I've asked them what their thoughts are on on the word cult as it pertains to the ICOC. And many of them said it's not, and many of them said it is, right? And then there's mm -hmm. some people that are kind of like in the middle. There's even some people that were not on the show, but there were even some people that were upset at me in conversations that I've had, were upset that I would even bring up that word. Mm. Like, like, why even bring up that word? It's not necessary. You're, you're just adding fuel to the fire, or you're starting something where there is nothing. What, where do you stand with that word and, and why? Why, why, why do you have that position, whatever that might be? Well, the first person in my home to say that this church is a cult, believe it or not, for those who will listen to this and know me, was my husband. I remember and when he said that. He, he said said, that. Yes, he was the, you will think it was me. Because because you are you are the one that will go to customer service and make the complaint. We know that. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So he's the one. And when he said it, I couldn't swallow that yet. Why? Like I was not ready to call this church a cult. Yeah, and this was a this was just before you guys left, or just after you left. I think it took him a year, like twenty twenty one. He said that. Oh boy. Yeah. For him, it was a year because, I mean, my husband is one of the people that once he gets into reading and searching, he will go all the way. He doesn't go halfway. Okay. Okay. So then so your husband, so your husband said it. So your husband said the yeah. word cult, but you were not ready to, di to digest that just yet. No, yet. Okay. Um, I respect him for that, but I was not ready. So a year later, which is this year is when I can say, yes, it is a cult. And I say that be because of understanding now what's a healthy church and what's not a healthy church. And there's so many systems, if I can call that, in this church that makes them to control you, to manipulate you, to take away your autonomy, and the list goes on, that shows regardless of the people that are there in the church, that is a cult and they're there to control you, even though they will never say that in your way, in your face, that even though they will never say that to someone else who is from another church. Um, but the way how their practices are, it clearly shows that they want to manipulate that they want to control. 
Um, so I definitely will say it is a cult. Alejandra, how did it feel for you to come to that conclusion, though? Because like we said earlier in the, in the program, earlier in the conversation, rather, you were there for 20 years. And this is where you had all your, your friends and all of your, this was your group. This was the group that you belonged to. This was your social group. This was your spiritual group. This was, this was everything, for lack yeah. of a better term. H- how did it feel for you to come to that conclusion, though? Was it, were you happy to come to that conclusion? Or did it make you feel negative to come to that sort of conclusion? I felt very sad, believe it or not. I felt very, very sad. Um, I felt very naive. Um, we were able, actually, my husband and I to have recently a healthy conversation with somebody who never been in this church just to for them to hear us because we wanted to apologize to them for inviting, for becoming kind of friends with that, with the second mother with them, you know, so they can come to our Bible talk, so they can come to church. And we felt responsible, both of us, to apologize to this couple. Yeah. And and this family is wonderful. You know, they never felt any judgment or anything from us, which I'm glad. But at that moment, I was like, let me hear a, per- a couple who completely never been in a church like this, how they feel when they hear our story. Okay. And, wh- and what do they say? And it was amazing. There were one of the things like how... You know, you guys are two smart people. How you end <laughs> up in something like this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, goes back to what I'm saying. It's like, it begins when you're so young. I was their perfect catch. I was looking for a community. Yeah. Um, so it begins like that. But, it, but, but there is a time in your life where you finally switch you know, switch that switch, like flip that switch. And I just hope that whoever hears this, that can happen to them because I feel like there is a disconnection with people that you can, that you can think of that have great boundaries. There are people that are very smart in high positions and so on, but they still there, even though they hear stories like ours. Yeah. Or her other stories. Like there's some disconnection in their brain. Mm. So I'm just thankful that now we're not there, you know? Like my kids will never even remember this church. Yeah. They already don't remember. And we, <laughs> we're going to equip them, you know? I have, um, I, have, I have a final question for you. But before I get to that question, there's something that I want to say. And... Mm-hmm. I would like to address the listeners. In particular, I would like to address the, the people that are listening that are still members of the ICOC. Because I know there's a few of them that listen. None of us, and I'm going to take the liberty, I'm going to take the liberty and speak on, on behalf of everyone that has been on the show. I am. So if, if, if I say anything out of turn, if you guys don't like what I said, please message me. And we can discuss it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the liberty and speak to on behalf of everyone that has been on the show. We do not find any joy in calling this church a cult. It's not fun. It's not something that we like to admit because it means that we were cult members. Do you understand? Yeah. 
There's nothing cool about that. There's nothing you can brag to about that because it makes us look foolish in the eyes of some people. It just does because people are judgmental and some people just won't understand. And when we say that we were in a cult, they're going to think we're stupid. So if we say that, it's not fun and we get no joy out of it. Okay. And when we came to the realization that it was a cult, we didn't jump on top of roofs and call our friends say hey i was in a cult whoop, whoop. that's not how this works most of us came to the realization like damn i was in a i was in a cult so that's where those thoughts come in and that's how it is so if you think alejandra is having any joy in saying this no absolutely not I feel, yeah, if I anything, feel, it's an embarrassment. If anything, it's an embarrassment. If anything, it's an embarrassment, you know? But we've come to realize that, you know what? We're not embarrassed anymore. We just recognized it. We've taken ownership, and now we talk about it. So forgive us. Forgive us for giving our honest assessment and our honest opinions. Alejandra, I do have one last question for you, though. Mm-hmm. As a mom now, as a mom, I want you to, I want you to press fast forward and let's go into the future. Let's go into the future. You said your son is nine now? Yeah, he's almost nine. Yeah. He's almost nine and your daughter is five or six? Six. So three years apart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Three years apart. Let's, let's fast forward. Let's fast forward to your son being 17 and that would make your daughter 14. Yes, that is okay. correct. Okay. I want you to imagine now. Here comes your son. Here comes your daughter. Together. They're like, Mom. Dad. Well, in this case, Mom. We found this really nice group of people. And they invited us. A nice group of teenagers. <laughs> they invited us to something called Solid Rock on Fridays. <laughs> They're really nice, and, and, and they help me feel really good about myself. It's a positive group, and I would love to be around that. Can I please go? What would you say to that? Well, so that means that they're still not adults, right? They're teenagers. True. Um, so... I have a little bit of control of that, but my opinion, even if I didn't have the control that we're in college, both ways in the future, um, I feel like my husband and I, we both have a mission to not only tell people who are listening right now of a healthy and unhealthy church, but to our kids to, I want to equip our kids to learn from us, to learn from our mistakes. To be able to determine, okay, that looks like a cult. That seems like a cult. Um, and then it's one of our missions in our lives to make sure uh, our kids are equipped because it all begins, like, remember at the beginning of this story with a prayer, right? The prayer is not wrong. Praying to find a church is not wrong. But you need to be equipped to, to the, you know, to see okay, is this a healthy church or not? Is this a cult or not? So so I hope by that 
time when they're 17, 14 or in college, they will know. They will know what's, what's a cult and what's not. Thanks for tuning in to the Reclamation Podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed what you've heard thus far. If you would like information on how to support this program, please check out the Support This Program link located in this episode's description. See you next time.